What is going on? I want to welcome you from Half Court for today, the final day of August 31st. I am your host, Sean Murphy, alongside my guy, Jeff Iafrady, a.k.a. the new full-time co-host on the Morning Woodward Show yet again, my boy, Jeff. Congratulations, brother. You know how insanely proud I am of you, one of my best friends. Not only that, but also my duo in the in the video sphere. Insanely proud of you as a friend, as a co-worker, seeing all the hard work you put in to get to this point. Insanely proud of you, man. How you doing? Man, thank you. That was, see, that was a big one for me right there. I, I, I love you, Sean. I really do. I love doing this. And although, you know, it's exciting, I'm back in the morning, the morning show. The number one thing is we all gas no breaks, baby. This is we're keeping it going from. Oh, yeah, this ain't stopping. Yeah, no, this is this is if anything now, it's more publicity for us as well. So I'm excited. Um, It's a good opportunity and and I couldn't be more thankful. So I appreciate your kind words, my man. You're the 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 morning Woodward show is the cherry on top now, baby. And And, hey, Sean, you you will be appearing. So this is a weekly thing. Mm -hmm. I'll be on there weekly, baby. It's going to be fun. And uh, mark my words, damn it. I'm going to be a host someday, too. But also, <laughs> also on here is my guy, the six-foot-one Marquette Thunder Boy Wonder. It is Troy <laughs> Troy, it's good to see you, my friend. Doing good, Sean. But you re- do you really think I'm six-one? No, six-three. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 6'3". Those were like the eighth grade days, boy. Oh, man, you were 6'1 in eighth grade? I, I was I was six probably actually in eighth grade, but I'll, I'll play 6'1 in ninth grade. Damn, that, that's my, I'm fully grown six foot at 22. So Okay, uh, there you go. You. Dude, yeah. I, just, I just like – I just got to wonder what your family's grocery bill was like. Like I can only yeah. – like, you, you must have been like a freaking like bottomless pit just like yeah. <laughs> sucking in I, all uh, the food. I had two dinners most nights. Yeah, growing yep. up in high school, with, especially running like track season was like yeah. even more crazier. So you're burning it off, my man. Burning it off, man. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I know. And he ran in college too. Yeah. So he, yeah. So we would always be going out Detroit? like like half off apps. Yeah, yeah. I ran too. track in college. Dude, Troy got wheels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Troy got wheels, man. <laughs> he, ain't, he ain't just Marquette Dirk. He's out on the track too, man. This Dude, guy. He's... This guy's an Olympiad. No, Dirk, Dirk would never. Dirk, Dirk wouldn't would never. be on that track. He wouldn't be doing uh, 5Ks either. <laughs> Maybe uh, the- You know who else isn't going to be on the track for a while? Chet Holmgren. Chet. We're going to talk about that in a second because that's all part of you the NBA. Because this is from half court. Reach and every week we talk all things NBA basketball. Even if there's not Jack Diddley going on, there's still something to talk about. So if you like that, be sure to like this podcast, be sure you rate it five stars if you're listening on iTunes, but also we're on Spotify. We're on all the podcast services that you could be a pretentious douche and download instead of Spotify or app, whatever you're on, whatever you like, baby, it's there. But also we're on YouTube and you better subscribe because there's a lot of great stuff going on there as well. Also, be sure you're following my guy, Jeff at Jeff. I Be sure you're following my guy, Troy at Troy Sergey 44 and myself at Sean half court. In addition, we're on Twitter as well, baby, from Half Court. Be sure you're following us at FH Court Pod for more awesome content and bonus stuff of From Half Court, baby. What else do you want? It's more just, of us, more hey, just of posted, our faces. Just posted those triple-double predictions I saw. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, you went bold with it too, Jeff. You went like like you went with ten. Troy went with nine. I I was feeling it. I was the conservative one. I went with seven. I mean, man. I okay. So here, right here's my here's my logic on it. All right. So I looked up uh right right before I, I I did this. I was like, okay. How many career triple doubles does LaMelo Ball have? Because I feel like that's a good, like, that's a good measurement, right? Right. He has right. six career triple doubles. He has six in his career. And I now, have I Cade like getting Cade, that in a year. I yeah. feel like I feel like I Cade could I feel like Cade could, you know, get like get more yeah. than that. And that's why I went with seven. I feel like, you know, he, he could be more of a high effort and really get that that number this year, but like, man. Like it's it's not super easy to get a triple double. Hey man, I, I think <laughs> you can, <laughs> you're, you can, the best uh, counter argument always starts with, "Hey man," because <laughs> you're right. Listen, I'm not going to dispute anything you just said. You know what's funny, especially with these uh, predictions that uh, Naranjan's been having us make. Which shout out to him, by the way. It's a lot of fun because I never really sat there and had to think about certain predictions. Yeah. And when the triple double number came out, I, I remember sitting there. I'm like, you know what? 10 was the first thing that popped in my head. So I said, I'm going with 10. And then I thought about it. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, let me look up. And I did I did the research after the guess, which is probably the wrong decision. <laughs> and, I, and I remember thinking to myself, yeah, it's going to be tough. But you know what? Keep keep the positivity. Hey, I like it. You went double digits, Jeff. And for <laughs> yeah. that, I love your bravery. But, yeah. but Troy, you weren't far off. You went with nine. You're pretty yeah. confident oh, you can get Troy that as well. Nine. Yeah, Let's yeah. Go. I think he's definitely going to have the ball in his hands even probably more than last year too. And I think that's kind of my argument. But also with his physicality that I see that he's putting in the work this summer with, with Ashton, of course, shout out to Ashton. Um, I feel like he can grab a few extra boards too this year as well. Um, and oh, yeah. I think there's going to be some nights where the shots are following. The shots are falling for the whole team. And if the shots are falling for the whole team, that means he, of course, can be distributing that ball. And um, I think, you know, if it's a tight game, maybe even an overtime game, I, I feel like nine isn't extreme. I really no, don't. No, it's not at all. I, I think it's a good number. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where even if he doesn't reach that number, it's not like that's like a bad season, but it's just Cade has one of those games where you could see yep. him potentially climb up in those triple-double stats. I'm not – I don't think he's ever going to be like Russ where he's going to, like, average a triple-double because, like, you know – I don't think he's going to be like Russ and make that his agenda, but that's a whole other conversation. The ultimate thing, like you said, Troy, he's going to have the usage. I mean, Cade this past year already had an insane usage rate, but going into this next year, you got to think he's just fully has the keys to the car at this point. So uh, yeah, you're not wrong. He just needs to get a triple double every eight games. And and my prediction is correct. (laughs) Yeah, Dude, just one and eight. That like that's not that's it. come on, Kate. Yeah, it's not that hard. Dude, his 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 usage rate last year, by the way, uh, twenty seven point five percent. Wow, that's a that's a wow. pretty dang high usage rate. So yeah. uh, now you have yeah. another ball handler. So we'll yeah, see. yeah, safe to say he's got the keys. But we alluded to it. We we alluded to it a minute ago, guys. Chet Holmgren during a uh, during a pro am during a pro run uh unfortunately got a unprecedented lens frank injury uh unfortunately he will be out for the entire season mm-hmm. with this injury uh apparently so the lens frank injury it affects the arch in your foot and also affects your your balance so 
kind of a freak injury. People are kind of dancing on his grave and saying, oh, well, he's one of these bigs. Like, you know, like any guy over seven feet is going to get injured. But like this was just a weird injury. Chet didn't really have much of an injury history. So for this to happen is just kind of odd. But like on the other hand, it also seems like a lot of these freak injuries are happening to guys that have the bodies of Chet Holmgren. So mm. that's kind of the unfortunate thing too. So with that, what was your guys's initial reaction when you saw that Chet was out for the year? What do you think now that you've had some time to, to stew on it? Like, do you think Chet will still be able to come back and, and, ha- and live up to that potential of that pick? Do you think it might take him some, some extra time to, to get accustomed into the league now that he's going to be missing a year of basketball as well. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I think for me hearing that, I guess I was a little bit surprised the career ending or not career ending. I'm so sorry. Season ending injury uh, with, with chat because the whole season, I mean, that's, that's just a lot. That's a lot of time uh, to, to miss. I mean, we can yeah. think of some other players like Ben Simmons, Blake Griffin, who have uh, been number, well, at least, you know, high top three picks um, who have, who have uh, lost their rookie season due to injury. So I guess I, I was surprised it was that long. I knew he'd probably be battling at least injuries here and there throughout the season because of his frame that you just talked about, Sean. But the whole season, man, that, that just really sucks. And I think for Thunder fans especially who are excited to see him play, and he himself who's excited to play in that Thunder uniform this year, I think it's just uh, unfortunate all around. But I think as far as what it's going to take to get him back on the floor, um, I, I really think it's going to probably take even two or three years before we see peak Chet. I think it's going to be, I think he's going to have a little bit of a struggle, you know, a little bit coming back into things, especially after rehabbing this injury. But I do think three to four years, we could be talking about uh, an up and coming star. I really can. Um, I'm still with you, Sean. Of I, He was my pick for rookie of the year. Um, had he not gotten injured, I, I still would probably stand by that. Um, but I think it's going to take a little bit of time with this rehab and then after rehab adjusting to the NBA style game. Cause of course he wouldn't have a traditional rookie season like the rest of the guys. So, yeah, absolutely. Jeff, what about you, man? What were your thoughts? So, and I want to address this too, because I, I saw people coming out of the woodworks and saying, this is why you don't play your tra- draft picks should not play in pro AMs during the summer. Guys, you're never going to stop these guys Correct. from playing basketball. Let's get that out of the way first. I just want to clear that up. It's not, oh, this is Chet's fault for playing. Like guys play and don't get injured. This is a, it was a freak injury. Um, the thing that really does concern me, I guess you could say is the biggest knock on Chet was what he looks like physically in, in his frame. Now you're, you're out. And you can't, you know, work out for the next however long it is, months, you know, close to a year. So that's kind of what worries me is like it, it Liz Frank injury. It's tough for mobility. And, and we, we brought up other big men. I, I mentioned this on Twitter, too. It's like and I'm not saying it's the same, but Bobo and other guys dealt with foot issues, similar frame to him as well. I don't think this changes the trajectory of Chet's career. I'm not going to go that far. It's just unfortunate. And, and, and the fact that Troy brought it up to Blake Griffin uh, and Ben Simmons, two guys that had to redshirt. But again, the difference is what they looked like physically. They were in much better shape. So they could take a year, come back the next year and be like, all right, you know, I'm pretty sure Ben Simmons had that ankle that was fractured or something like that. Bounce right back the next season. Yeah. I'm hoping Chet can do the same thing. Um, it's just frustrating. And, and I, I really do like Chet Holmgren. The only thing I was o- always concerned about is how he'd hold up through 82 games. And this has nothing, I, I don't want this to be my. You know, I told you guys he wouldn't hold up because the guy didn't even play right in the regular season yet. He looked pretty damn good in the preseason. So that aside, it is unfortunate for Thunder fans, yeah. especially. So shout out to three cone. Cause I know he's hurt. Yeah, for sure. And, and cone, I'm right there with you, brother. You and me both. I, 
I, you know, everyone knows how much of a Chet Holmgren fan I am. And listen, I, I'm right there with you guys. I don't think this is going to affect Chet in the long run. Like I, you know, I, it, it's one of those things where it's like ultimately with any injury, only time will tell. Uh, right. looking at, looking at the recovery window, it's going to be about like a 40, four to six month recovery window for him. So like probably around four to six months is when he'll actually be able to get back on like a court and start like rehabbing and stuff. So I'm um, really about, you know, really going to have to take the off season next year to really get back and be ready for, you know, 2023, 2024. But, you know, I think the big thing too, for, you know, a guy like Chet is how do you maximize this time? off the court because in my opinion this could be a blessing in disguise if utilized properly because in theory if chet has a year to get accustomed to the nba schedule to work on the rest of his body like even though he can't really walk and can't really put weight on that foot he can still do things with his chest he can still do things with his arms he can still do other types of cardio and other types of exercise and and change his dietary habits to perhaps put himself in a position to where he can start building strength and getting better to where after his rehab he can be at a point where he can be a little bit more sustainable for the long run right i mean that's that's got to be one thing that you're looking at for this is this is still even though it's a lost season in the sense that like we're not going to be able to see chet on a basketball court there's still the benefits of being on an nba roster for a year of being a part of a team like right. even if you won't like be on the court he'll still be with the franchise yeah. and i'm sure they're gonna have a i'm sure they have a plan of how to tackle his body and his weight no it's, it's a great point i think another thing to add too is like chet this isn't an injury riddled history with chet like the guy has not gotten injured up until this liz frank injury through high school through college so for the most part i could see if there's a history with chet already but it's up to Chet. Like, we'd have to look back, and Troy kind of talked about it in three to five years. He, he can see him being a rising star, and I agree. I, I think we have to look at this from a 4,000-foot perspective. Give him three, four, five years, and then you can make a, a decision. Right now, mm -hmm. off his injuries, he's going to miss this season. Everything you said, Sean, he's going to have advantages. But to say, like, this is why you don't draft Chet is, right. is just ignorant, man. I, I, can't, I can't have that conversation. Yeah, it is foolish. Yeah, and I was gonna say, sorry, sorry, Sean. I was just gonna say with with Jeff's point, I think um, back what you said earlier because I think this is so important. Of you're not gonna stop these guys from playing, you know, pick up ball in the summer and and pro land leagues because that's how you get better. I mean, we we're probably gonna get into that a little bit, but I just wanted to make that so clear. Of this is not Chet's fault. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. truly yeah. a freak injury, and I think that's just so important because I I have been seeing a lot of nonsense on Twitter lately. So I really wanted to, uh, to point that out. Amen. Because it's because the truth of the matter is you and I, you and I all know that he could have had that injury on any given court that he was on yes. that day. It could have been during, it could have been during a workout. It could have been during a scrim. It could have been during a pro run. It could have been during a pro am. It could have been in his house. That's John, how these John things happen. John yeah. Wall. Exactly, man. So like, probably I, at that, but. yeah, even Paul George, he injured his leg during like Olympic, like Olympic exhibition. So like, that's just the truth of the matter is like, he's playing basketball and like, especially for a young player, you don't want them to not have the opportunity to get run and get better. And guess who he was playing against that day? Oh, I don't know. LeBron James. So the who opportunity to play against the King, you're going <laughs> to yeah. take that. And yeah. you don't know that you're going to lose your entire season because of it. That's just it sucks. There's just no other way around it. Now, 
I do want to point out other guys who have had the same injury. So Udonis Haslam suffered a Linz Frank injury in 2010, ended up being perfectly fine. Um, you know, a guy, uh, another guy, Gerald Green, apparently was another player that suffered yeah. a Linz Frank injury. So it's one of those things where like other players have had it. But at the end of the day, I think looking at what we see right now, what we're, what we're looking at as far as like the overall trajectory, it's a bummer. But on the Thunder side of things, I think it's going to be more interesting of what this does for their timeline, of how this changes how they approach this season. Because in my opinion, even without Chet on the court this year, I still think if 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 they don't shut down half their roster like they did in January last year, because like that's really the only reason why their record was as bad as it was, is because they shut down their roster in December. You know, like they're not going to be able to do that twice, right? Like they can't do that, like and, and expect a guy like Shea Gilgis Alexander to be like, okay, so like when when are we going to win? Like when are right, we going to exactly. start trying? Even guys like Josh Giddy, like. For his development, they need he needs to be on the court more, he needs to be out there. So for the Thunder, this kind of puts them in an interesting spot because I, I even heard on the Bill Simmons podcast and, and 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 I heard them questioning of could this potentially lead to a guy like SGA being on the market this mm-hmm. year and, and like them like getting more picks and using this as a way to pivot and to focus on future drafts. But like guys, like for me, it just it leaves the Thunder's options this year way more wide open, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think that wouldn't be a that would not be a smart thing. I think to to move Shea just for more picks because they have so many already. They have so many already. I think you have to work with what you have. You have to do it. I guess the Troy Weaver way, right? Of of looking at the, what's already there, your pieces together, Giddy Shea, and uh, now Chet, and forming a team around those guys, not. Think about five years from now. I mean, you can think about five years from now, but don't be thinking about your core five years from now. Think about your core now and mm-hmm. adding pieces to go along with the core. Yeah, because right. all those all those draft picks are is number one, swing and misses. You, you keep swinging. Keep if you miss, you miss. If you hit, you hit. And another thing is you can you can group those picks up and at least try to acquire some young player, whatever it is. So it gives them a lot of flexibility, which is similar to what Troy Weaver's philosophy is in, in, from that tree of Sam Presti. So I got no – it's a great point you brought up too because what, what are the Thunder's options? With Chet, they're probably a you know 30-win team. Without Chet, what are you? You know, Are you in the 20s? Are you, are you going to lose again this year? Um, we'll see. And I think this year – you talked about Victor Wimbanyana. Is this, is this someone they're targeting now? Like what, what does it change for their future? So it's a great argument to bring up or at least a point to bring up. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, I – I, I'm still going to be tuned in to what they have this year because they still have a plethora of young guys on that team that are insanely interesting. I mean, I love Josh Giddy; He's one of my favorite players to watch. So I'm definitely going to be tuning in for him alone. But then who's been being, yeah, but even then dude, they have all these freaking wings that are just weird. And I'm just excited to see, <laughs> like they just yeah. have one of these rosters that you just look at and it's like, man, the, the construction of this is fascinating, but like, I see the, I, I see the vision. Like if it works, it's going to be terrifying. But like at the same time, it's, you know, a- again, in this league, you have to adjust, right? Like, you, like no matter what happens, you have to keep going forward. Like even, even when Killian injured him, like when Killian was injured in his rookie year, I know a lot of fans were devastated and it was like, kind of like people were wondering, well, what's the point of that season then? Like now we're just losing games to lose games, but 
that wasn't the case. Guys like Beef Stew rose up through the ranks, earned a spot in the starting rotation. Guys like Sadiq Bey were able to prove his worth and to develop that year. Guys like Jeremy Grant were able to turn into an MIP candidate and end up being an asset that turned into Jalen Duran in the long run. So at the end of the day, like there's still things that will come for this season for that franchise. There's still development to be had. So I hope they still try to win some games this year. I hope they still even try to make a push for the play-in if possible. But at the end of the day, I still think they'll be like in like the sixth or seventh pick in the lottery yeah. next year. Still get a decent pick to go alongside Chet. And listen, with all the picks they have coming up, they could just trade some picks and make their own luck and get more yeah. guys in the draft next year. Like, and also like how many freaking picks do they have next year? I don't, God knows how many. And, and I think too, one thing that's interesting uh, that I think of, and, and I think of that 2020 Pistons team uh, with Sadiq Bay and Jeremy Grant and, and Beef Stew, you know, awards can boost a guy's confidence. I'm telling you, like the first team all rookie for Sadiq, and you mentioned the MIB candidate contentions for Jeremy and second team all rookie for, for Beef Stew. Like those things matter. They, they really do. They, they may sound, you know, like they don't matter when you have a, you know, a bad team like they did that year. But those that boosts confidence in these guys to know, hey, I am, you know, one of the best rookies in my class. I will then now work on my game to try to be one of the best players in this league. It really matters. Those awards matters, guy. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, they boost confidence. They, they, they tell these guys that they belong in the league and they're only going to want to work better because of it. At the end of the day. Here's why I don't feel bad for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let me read to you how many first-round picks they have coming up. In 2023, they only have one. In 2024, they have four, including the Rockets, which is top four protected, uh, including uh, the Jazz, which is top ten protected, but that converts into other picks in the future. So they have potentially four first-round picks in 2024, potentially three first-round picks in 2025, potentially three in 2026, two in 2027. Like, guys, they'll be fine. They will be perfectly fine. Yeah, and we thought, hey, we freaked out when we had three first-round picks. These guys have four potential yeah. first-round picks, so they'll, they'll be just fine. And also, mm-hmm. those aren't just picks. Those can be assets as well. If, if somehow they were to you know, find a player, a, a vet or whatever, uh, or a young core guy to, to pair up, I mean, those first-round picks will only be to their advantage if they actually go to the draft with them or they move them. Yeah, for sure. This episode of From Half Court is brought to you by Manscaped. When we talk about post players, there is few better players in the restricted area than our friends over at Manscaped. With great products such as the Lawnmower 4.0 with skin-safe technology, the Weed Whacker, their deodorants, lotions, and more, Manscaped is unrivaled when it comes to the men's hygiene game. Serving over 8 million balls worldwide. That's a lot of testicles, ladies and gentlemen. So, If you're finding yourself in need of Manscaped products, be sure to go to manscaped.com and use code HALFCORE at checkout because that can get you 20% off plus free shipping. Our friends at Manscaped sent us these products and I can tell you that they are absolutely for real. I have been absolutely satisfied and in love with their entire product line from boxers, t-shirts, the lawnmower 4.0 to the the weed whacker, ear and nose trimmer. You can really not go wrong. Be sure to go to manscaped.com and use code HALFCORD at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. Thank you again to our friends at Manscaped for sponsoring this video. 
one thing I did want to bring up before we get to our main topic of the show, John Wall, uh, a guy who will be getting his chance with the Clippers this year uh, after having a season where, for the most part, he sat at home and the Houston Rockets really didn't want him part of the plans. Uh, he spoke in an interview with Clutch Points about some of those difficult years and the trials that he had um, uh, going through um, what he did with tearing his Achilles, and he was pretty, pretty transparent. He said, quote, I thought about committing suicide, tearing my Achilles, my mom passing, my grandma dying a year later in the midst of COVID, me going to chemotherapy, sitting by my mom, t taking her last breaths, wearing the same clothes for three days straight. So like for John Wall, a guy who was, uh, who had a super max contract. And then immediately after that, his life just takes this turn and all these things are happening in his personal life. But in addition, professionally, he can't really find his footing either. You just got to feel for the guy in the sense that all of that, you know, all of his potential future and, and his prime slipped away from that one injury. So anytime you hear something like that, you're just heartbroken in the sense of, of everything that they go through, but also, you know, makes you really hope and, 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 and wonder what they can do going into this next year. And, and, and I'm wondering for, you know, for you guys, you know, what we're, you know, what, what, what are your takeaways here and stuff like that? And, you know, what, what do you think he can do for the Clippers this year? Uh, my takeaways hearing it immediately is, is I think people it's, it's time. And I, I get, people sometimes find it hard to separate the athlete from the person. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where people have a hard time doing it with John wall. Like, yeah, you know, Rockets fans are like, get John wall out of here. I don't want John wall, you know, talking crap about John wall, but in reality, mm -hmm. this is the thing he's going through. Like he's just like any other human being. Like he has life struggles that he has to go through and in business with basketball and, and not, you know, being allowed to play for the Rockets this year, now finding a new home with the Clippers. So it kind of, it should open up a lot of people's eyes and understand that like, there's like, as much as we, we, we come on and we critique the game, we critique players, we give our opinions, but we're, we also understand the fact that these guys are also uh, like the difference between us and them is they just play professional basketball. That's the only yep. difference. Mm -hmm. John Wall's still a human being. And I'll never forget I mean, one of my favorite John Wall memories is, is, watching him with the Wizards hit a big shot against the Celtics. I don't know if you guys remember this. It forced a game seven. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. remember sitting there and I'm thinking, I, John Wall was one of my favorite players to watch. Not only was he really the fastest point guard in the NBA at the time, but seeing what he's what he's gone through over the, the last couple of years, now being with the Clippers, I couldn't be any more happy for the guy. He, I, I And I'm really high in the Clippers this year, and I think John Wall is going to be a reason for that. So hopefully he can get back to uh, what we used to see, because I do miss watching John Wall play basketball. I do. Imagine, imagine going through all that, by the way, and at the end of it, John Wall's lifting up a Larry O'Brien trophy. Wow. That would be, yeah, that's legendary, man. Yeah, 100%. Troy, your thoughts? Yeah, well, certainly it's sad. Uh, anytime that you even talk about someone with the thoughts of suicide, it's, of course, very, very serious. It's very, very uh, serious that, you know, that, that issue to be addressed. So I definitely want to say, you know, it's definitely sad and heartbreaking that, that, that those thoughts were on his mind, uh, especially with everything going on with his immediate family, with mother and grandmother. Uh, that stuff has to be, I think, talked about first. But, you know, he's, he's a guy that can play basketball. We all know that. This guy can ball yeah. out. Um, mm -hmm. You know, as he gets older, of course, there's questions of how much he can. But I, I guess I am excited to see this season because, you know, you put him a guy alongside, you know, guys like uh, Kawhi Leonard, right, and, and what, what they can do together. Um, I think that's an exciting thing. Paul George as well. So I, I do think that these guys, the Clippers are going to be um, 
you know, really competitive this year and, and going to be on top of the, you know, Western Conference standard. If it's, if it's top three or four, whatever, uh, I, I just feel like they're a team that John Wall can gel with. I think he needs guys like that, that like, like a Kawhi Leonard and a Paul George to gel with because he hasn't really had that in his career. He's had a Bradley Beal, and that's really, really it, guys. Yeah. So um, this is going to be a new John Wall. It's going to be an exciting John Wall, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm interested to see how he's going to look as well with, with that year being away from the game as well. I mean, for the most part, hasn't played a whole lot of NBA basketball over the last few years, just with the injuries and, and just with being away from the Rockets. And, and now, you know, he's going to be in a position where he's going to have to earn that starting point guard role. If he's going to, if he's going to get it, if not, he's going to have to embrace being a guy coming off the bench and being that backup backup point as well. So I, I'm really interested to see what he does. You know, I, obviously I've, you know, I've talked quite a bit about his story in the past. So we've talked about his injury troubles and stuff on the channel and, even though he's not the same athlete as he once was, I mean, John Wall was one of the most dynamic athletes in the league and for the better part of a decade was one of the better guards that we had as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, guys like we wouldn't have guys like John Morant if we didn't have guys like John Wall. Right. So, right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, definitely uh, hope to see him succeed and definitely wish him well. But also, you know, if you struggle with mental health as well, definitely reach out to those around you and make sure that you're taking care of it and addressing it because super easy stuff, man. I mean, super, super serious stuff. Not easy. Nothing, nothing about no. that. Easy. No, but speaking of, you know, it's something that's easy for me to do. Rant about people on Twitter, man, because, oh, my Lord. All right, let's talk. No pun intended. It. No pun right. intended. Yeah, here we go. Rico Hines, specifically Pistons Rico Hines footage came out today. Now, the initial Rico Hines footage came out and people were disappointed when they saw that it was primarily guys like Trey Young, Scotty Barnes, Steph Curry, uh, Pascal Siakam, and Raptors guys, and I was like, "Man, y'all are shocked that they that they went with Trey Young primarily you. in a, in a you. video? Like, wow, who'd have thought?" But then, <laughs> uh, uh, but then Ball is Life released their Rico Hines footage as well, which had more of Keg Cunningham in the mix and more Pistons footage as well, and. I want to start with the question of should we take anything from this? And if there is, what should it be? I'll say for me, the only thing I'll take away from this is, hey, these guys got good rep, good reps against good NBA veterans. And mm -hmm. we saw we saw guys like Sadiq take confident shots. We saw guys like Cade Cunningham do Cade Cunningham things. We saw how explosive Jaden Ivey is, even next to NBA athletes. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. That is all I'm taking away from it. Any, any misses? Any getting blocked? Any shots that don't go in? Any turnovers? I don't give a Because you know why? It's a scrimmage. And you know what's another word for scrimmage, guys? Practice. We talking about what? <laughs> we talking about practice. Hold up. And, Sean, I got to add this in, too, because you're you're on a roll right now. And I think one thing you have to add on top of this is the flip side of it. You mentioned it. You don't take, you know, the misses, the turnovers. What about 
guys like Kevin Knox coming out and looking like KD in that scrimmage. Like those, even some things, like I saw people like Kevin Knox may get significant minutes this year. He may like, be an all-star, guys. guys. Guys, like this, and I and I listen, I love the enthusiasm. I watched both videos, and Rico even said, Rico Hines in the beginning of his own video said, guys, we're here to get better. We're here to have fun. If guys are going to the rack for a layup and it's and it's open, let them have it. That's literally what he said. He said, let them have it. This, this isn't a thing where guys are going to come out here flying around getting injured. We're just here to get reps and get better. So when he said that, I'm like, thank you for confirming what we believe. As this, it, It's similar. I wouldn't say it's exactly similar, but it's kind of like when you watch Jalen Duran hit those mid-range jumpers and those three-point shots. You're like, damn, Jalen Duran, like he might have a shot this year. It's the same thing I look at when I watch Isaiah Stewart go. It looked like four from five from three watching the, uh, the ball as life footage. And he looked good. And I think that was something you could take away. Yeah, he but now good. to say, but well, to say he will be a consistent three point shooter right, is right. where you lose me. Or to even predict his percentage <laughs> off of it. I saw someone <laughs> yeah. say Isaiah is going to be a high 30%. I'm like, off no, of a few shots on, in a Rico Hines clip? <laughs> no. Brother, the form like, looked guys, good, but hold on. on. Like, let's be honest here, okay? First of all, <laughs> there's only one. And, and Troy, I'll, I'll let you share share your thoughts here in a second too. I just, like Jeff said, I'm a little, I'm a little bit on a, on a roll <laughs> here. Okay. Little, uh, okay. You know, but there's hot. only one. There's only one actual realm that watching their game matters and watching how they play matters you know what that is in the confines of an nba game in an nba season with nba jerseys against nba players with fans uh, with all around nba arena in an nba, <laughs> NBA arena. arena and it's nba sanctioned and it means something because you know what this is summer basketball you know what this is guys just meeting together to get better working on their game that's it Jay Nivey, this is one of his first times going up against NBA level guys. So when he goes to the rack and gets blocked by a big, <gasps> he's a bus, Sean. What the f did you <laughs> expect, you idiot? No, like, Sean, he's a bus. He got blocked. <laughs> I, Troy, am I am I going crazy here? No, you're oh, absolutely not. I, if anything, I thought it was a little bit crazy to even have a segment on here about this tonight because I agree. I, <laughs> I feel like um, there's not really anything we can take from this. And I think if anything for me, it was to see how much of, as Jeff has said it before on the podcast, how much of a shoot first or score first guard Jaden Ivey is. Um, mm -hmm. I learned nothing about Sadiq. I learned nothing about <laughs> Kay that I already didn't know. No, seriously. Like, no, you're right. You're right. I didn't learn anything about those guys. I already know. I've watched two yeah. seasons of Sadiq. I've watched a full season of Kate. I watched college Kate. Like, there's nothing more there. A little bit. I, I think uh, Jalen Dern has a great motor, but I mean, we I kind of knew that already with the little bit I have known about him. So, um, no, Sean, you're not crazy at all. Um, it, what's crazy you, is Twitter. You, <laughs> yeah, it, it it is. And I think one thing you could take away, I guess, one scene is like you like certain things, like when. Cade's d and up Steph Curry. I look at it like, okay, that was good defense. Now, will it translate to an NBA game and he's all of a sudden locking up Steph Curry? No. But certainly you watch it. You keep an open mind. You like some things. And it's just nice to see these guys play. 
that's the number one thing I took from it is I was excited to see these guys on a court, at least in the summertime, balling together. And uh, and one thing in Marvin Bagley, the whole crew was there. That was nice to see. Like yeah. Kevin Knox, they had everybody out there. Corey Joseph was there as well. Like that that's what you look at. They're they're getting team chemistry, they're learning how to play together. You saw Raptors, they were Raptors players were there as well playing together. So that's that's really what I took from it, Sean. You're uh I think we're all mutually in agreement that you, you don't take too much from it, but it's just nice to watch. That's all yeah. it is. It's for entertainment. That's yeah, all it is. It's just good to see. And, and, and listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't even know that this footage was ex- that it, that it existed. I didn't know it was coming out. I didn't know that it was as coveted by Pistons fans as it was. Like <laughs> coveted, yeah, dude. No, it pe- was. People were like tweeting it to us today, like it, like like we were watching the freaking Mars rover, like. Yeah. Like land on Mars for the first time. What, what was that one? What was that one tweet I, uh, I was talking about earlier? I, I saw. I can't remember the username, but it's like watching this footage made me bet the under on the twenty-eight and a half for the Pistons. I'm like, come on, bro, come on, you can't, you can't. Uh, imagine watching a Rico Hines run and being like, you know what? They're gonna suck this year. I, <laughs> like that. Well, and even then, first of all not even getting to the fact that um that they that they were playing all of this basketball without having all five players of their lineup on the court at the same time so yeah, like, it was random it's like making a judgment about how they're going to play crazy <laughs> but it's just one of those things sorry just saw that the lions just cut david blau so i just was distracted by by lions stuff so Football season is very much back, ladies and gentlemen. So, sorry to spoil hard knocks for you next week here, but that's what we're doing here on From Half Court. But anyway, yeah, it's just cool to see guys like Cade having the opportunity to play against Steph Curry in a pro run. It's just cool to see the opportunity for a guy like Jalen Duran before he starts NBA minutes to have an opportunity to guard Steph Curry on the perimeter, to go up against a guy like Kevon Looney during a pro run, and actually go up against real NBA bigs and get a feel of what it's like to play NBA minutes. Like this is the closest simulation you can get, but it's just that. Just out of curiosity, do we, do we know what state or city this was at? Um, uh, So it was at UCLA. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was going to say maybe LA just because that's, I feel like that's where a lot of runs end up happening. I guess one thing I do want to add before, because I know we, we just kind of wanted to talk about this and clear the air a little bit. One thing I, I guess I was a little disappointed in, from an entertainment perspective, it, it, with these type of open runs, I thought I'd see one clip of Killian Hayes. Don't, I really, I don't really expect that. Just, it, it just, just listen. one, I'm, just one bucket. I didn't see a single Killian Hayes clip in there, so I was a little disappointed. But that's not from a judge. I'm, you know, Killian sucks all of a sudden. But I'm like, damn, this is your opportunity to go out there and just be free. And I didn't see Killian, so. Hopefully, uh, maybe he's working in silence. Maybe he comes out and plays well this season. But I was a little disappointed. I can't lie to you. Well, even then, like, 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 like that, that, that opens up a whole other can of worms. People are, people are posting like he's looking good or like his his handles looking tight with like gym footage <laughs> that he's posting. And it's like, guys, that's another thing. Yeah. That's another piece that we don't take anything from. Gym footage, workout footage, good. Like he better be working out. He better be getting better. He better be working on his handle. Like, we're not going to see how we're not going to see how that affects his game until, until October NBA. Yeah, yeah season exactly. Uh, however, he is going to be able to bring that into a uh, training camp 
which is going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. And that is something we're definitely going to be talking a whole lot about and something we're going to be diving more into is the NBA season actually starting. And those are the things that you want to focus on is, all right, these are good steps. This was good. This is good to have in the summer. Work on your game. Play basketball with pros. Be around the be around the best of the best. But at the end of the day, you got better. Yeah. That's all you ask That's for. It. Did you get better that day? And if the answer is yes, then it was a good day. If if not, oh well, you'll probably know how you'll get better the next time. So, yeah, I don't get how people are just pulling stuff out of their ass about like how this changes their season predictions at all. I don't get it. But yeah, that's that's a whole other conversation for a whole different. Keep that. Hey, all I'm saying is is for everyone either at the Pistons or Jay Nivey specifically, keep that same energy, please. That's Amen, all I ask. brother. That's all Amen. I ask. Amen. And hey, we, we we are real close to when we're going to be playing Apollo Banchero on opening night. We are getting closer and closer and closer. So we're going to have our answers real soon man but with that you know we're we know we're really close to right now another segment of from mount rushmore because it is that time baby troy what do you have for us today my friend yep continuing this five-part series here of uh positions we're on part three which means small forward uh mount rushmore of best small forwards of all time and i'll start kevin durant it's got to be kd uh he might deserve a spot on there Two-time NBA <laughs> champ, uh, what eleven-time All Star? I guess I didn't, I didn't have the stats in front of me. That'd, that'd be a good guess. Uh, one of the most lethal assassins the game has seen, uh, besides maybe Kobe Bryant. Uh, the guy is a wa- living, walking, seven-foot-tall, ball-handling bucket. I, I know Sean is a big. KD fan, I, I would think he's probably one of your favorite players of all time. I'm going to kind of let Sean tackle this one more than me. He's easy money sniper, baby. It's yeah. Kevin Durant. Y'all know who I am. Kevin Durant. <laughs> Slim Reaper. Perhaps, dude, Slim Reaper, perhaps the most talented scorer in the history of the league. I mean, you talk about, you know, his his effect. He's, he's one of the only guys that we've seen tear an Achilles and then somehow come back and be even better after that. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's 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 the effect that his game has. He literally can if he gets to a spot on the court, there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. So Kevin Durant definitely has to be on that list. Now, another guy who played small forward, I think he might deserve a spot on here. Uh, it's LeBron like LeBron. Le, yeah, LeBron's got to be on any Mount Rush. Do we even have to say why? No, like, like that's that's how great he is. You know. Yeah, you know. This is the it, season, guys, that I think he could break Kareem's record. I think – what is he, only 1,200 yeah. away? 1,200? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's right around that number. He'll do it. historical season, guys. Go ahead, Jeff. Ab- absolutely. I think the last person is an easy one. Larry Bird. Larry Legend. Yeah. How can yeah. you not? I mean, these yeah. these three we talked about are probably the – you don't really dispute them. I think the fourth spot is – yeah, actually, I'll give you my fourth one. I'll let you guys give yours. I think we'll all agree on the fourth spot. For, but for Larry Legend – Three-time okay. NBA title, uh, two finals MVPs. And one thing you have to consider with Larry Bird, too, it's the same thing with Magic Johnson. Like, these guys paved the way. 
They they really did. So Larry Legend, the guy, the, 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 another sniper, by the way, and the only man that listen. The types of stories you hear from Larry Bird, I could mm-hmm. I watch these things all day on YouTube too, because obviously with with you know playing a game with his left hand, going into the the three point contest locker room and saying who's coming in second. Like there's there's so many right. legend stories with Larry the Legend, but I think his resume speaks for himself, man. Larry's up there, and those are three right there. Last Saturday, I went to Colts and Lions preseason game. And I counted. I saw three Larry Bird jerseys at a preseason (laughs) Colts and Lions game, which shows the reason I bring that up is it shows how much even the state of Indiana still loves that guy and what he means to them. Um, So I I think, yeah, Larry Legend has to be on that list for me. Okay, for number four. The fourth one, the fourth one, Troy. Let's say let's say it together on three. One, two, three. Keto Turkaloo. Jay. See, I understand if you guys want to actually go Pippin on this one, uh, but I'm going to go Dr. J just because of Dr. J is mine too. What he, what you got to be Dr. Basketball. J. And, you know, growing up, uh, becoming a streetball legend first, not many people know that. That's yeah. how he got his chance at the NBA and the ABA first was because he was a streetball legend in Rucker Park, um, probably the best streetball player of all time. And then made his way to the ABA, one of the best ABA players in the 70s. Got his chance in the NBA, won a championship with the Sixers in 82. Um, my dad's favorite player of all time. Uh, Rasheed's favorite player of all time, too. Has to be. Has to be Dr. J. So Yeah, I, it's got to be. I think I think for the importance and the icon of who he is, I think he's got to be on there. Um, however, I, in, in my opinion... I think a guy like Scottie Pippen just deserves to be up there as well. It's one of those things where, I mean, you could really go either way. We're arguing two greats of of, of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, I, I can't argue with you. I really can't. I really can't. But, yeah, that's that's probably an undisputed list right there. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. guys, all, all, all the greatest small forwards of all time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and hey, you know who are two of the greatest of all time? My two co-hosts on this podcast, my guys Jeff and Troy, who I love very, very much. You better be following these guys on Twitter. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff I am Frady, my guy Troy at Troy Sergi44. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Sean Halfcourt. Do right it down there as well. And we want to thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to another episode of From Half Court, where each and every week we talk all things. NBA basketball. If you like that, be sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. But also be sure that if you're listening to this on a Wednesday, tune in tonight, mother. The courthouse is back and come argue. I want some smoke. I want it. And with that, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next time from Half Court. Be sure you subscribe.